plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are locked on Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which means some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And this is our post-game podcast following the Green Bay Packers 27-13 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. And one question for you. Where in the hell has that been? Playing on the road against a very good team, the Packers inexplicably put all three phases together to beat the Eagles. Remember, Philly was 4-0 at home. They'd allowed 9.5 points a game in those four games. They'd given up three touchdowns in those four games. They beat the Steelers 31-3 at home. And they beat the Vikings and Falcons at home, two teams who had beaten the Packers. So this is no pushover game. And this isn't just Aaron Rodgers putting the team on his back and winning a 38-31 shootout. No, this is a, a thorough butt-kicking against a really good team by a team that had lost four in a row. I have absolutely no idea where that had come from. Now, I picked Philly to win this game. I'm sure you're shocked <laughs> that I picked Philly. I picked them. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, the problem with the Packers is they can't play any pass defense. And the problem with the Eagles is they have bad receivers. So it's like, as I put it in a, in a radio interview before the game, it was like bad against bad. And that was stuck in my head. I thought, you know what? Maybe Green Bay is going to pull this out because the offense had been getting its button gear. And maybe, just maybe, either Green Bay's DBs would rise to the occasion it's a bad passing offense, or otherwise the Eagles' bad wide receivers would feast on Green Bay's bad DBs. Well, Demarius Randall's back. Uh, Clay Matthews moves the inside linebacker. And voila, the Packers beat the heck out of, out of a very good football team. Let's start with the offense first. The big note from the game, as ESPN mentioned, the Packers with a little bit better than 71% on third down, 10 out of 14. As uh, ESPN mentioned, that was the best third down rate in the NFL this season. I did the research over at Pro Football Reference. Um, Buffalo against Seattle, of all people, topped 70% a few weeks back. That happens to be the fifth best, tied for the fifth best, third down rate in franchise history. And it would be the second best of the Mike McCarthy era. So that's just how rare a 71% third down game is. And it all came to light here in the third quarter slash fourth quarter. Philly just pulled in 17-13. So it's a game at this point. Packers start at the 25-yard line. Right away, a third and three. Incomplete pass to Jared Cook. But a somewhat sketchy roughing the passer penalty on Parrish Cox. 15 yards first down. Then it's third and three again. Jordy Nelson makes a juggling catch. First down. Then it's third and five. Eight-yard check down to James Starks. First down. And that ends the quarter. Then it's third and ten. And that's when 
Devontae Adams absolutely torched Nolan Carroll on a slant where he had t- Carroll turning, basically turn- it was like a dog chasing its tail. I, you know, I, t- I go take my kids to school some days. Actually, I bring them home from school some days. And there's these two Shih Tzus um, about a mile where I live, and they're chained to the porch. <laughs> good, good for those dogs, right? They're chained to their porch, and there's those two Shih Tzus, and they just chase each other's tail around and around and around. I mean, it's like every day when I take the kids home, or take my, uh, my four-year-old home for now from 4K, this is what Nolan Carroll reminded me of. It was a Shih Tzu chasing his tail. So Adams just totally loses Carroll on the slant. Then he runs through Carroll. Picks up a gain of 23 on a third and 10 slant. Sets up a first and goal from the three. And Aaron Brokowski punches it in thereafter. So right there, merely five third down conversions. And the Packers take a 24-13 lead. And at that point, the game is over. Because the Packers defense, of all things... Shut down the Eagles. Again, we, t- we I got in this in, in the intro where Philly's offense isn't very good and it hasn't been good for a while. And, and Carson Wentz was the greatest thing since sliced bread for the first three weeks of the year. And since then, he's been toward the bottom of the league in passer rating. Uh, four touchdowns, six picks in his previous six games. You know, the offense just isn't very good. I mean, they're, they're without their number one running back. You know, they, they drafted uh, Nelson Aguilar in the first round last year, and he was inactive in this game. And, you know, the other big-time receiver is uh, Jordan Matthews. You know, he hurts an ankle early, not quite himself. And then, you know, uh, tight end Zach Ertz, the Packers did a pretty decent job against him. But it's not a great offense. So the, all this comes with, with that asterisk. But go back to last week against the Redskins, where Washington had, what, 315 yards? In the second half alone, something like that. Eagles for the game, 292 yards. They did convert 45% on third about that third down, but one interception. You know, the running game, kind of negligible. Wentz 24 to 36 for 254, a 75-5 pass rating. Pro football focus with the, with the good stats here. Wentz dropped back on 44 passes. He was pressured 15 times, and according to Pro Football Focus, on those 15 dropbacks, a 6.3 passer rating. He completed three passes for 22 yards under that scenario. So Green Bay gets the better of the rookie quarterback, as you'd, I wouldn't say as you'd expect. A few years ago, you'd say as you'd expect. But what this Packers pass defense has been for, for most of the season, it's certainly a good sign to stop once. And then, you know, then, then the fourth quarter, the pass rush finally got to him. They, they sacked him four times. Matthews with the sack, his first sack since week four. I believe. So, offense with a, with a great performance, defense, great performance, and then really the wild card here, special teams. I mean, I talked about this during the week. I talked about it in the world's best preview. I did the, I did the Packer Report special teams rankings this weekend. Philly was number three in my rankings. The Packers are 22nd. And the huge, overwhelming edge was Philadelphia had the number one ranked kickoff return. And they were number one in the league in starting field position following kickoffs. The Packers were number 32 in field position following kickoff coverage. So naturally, as you'd expect, right? <laughs> no, you would not expect this. The Eagles is a 16.3-yard average on kickoff returns. That was less than half of their average entering the game. So, And then Jake Shum, who's been on a roll here for the last five, six games, he punts only once because the offense was so good. He 43-yarder that pinned the Eagles at the one. 
The Packers special teams, as bad as they've been for the last six weeks or so, thoroughly outplayed arguably the best special teams in football. So a three-phase domination of a game, and it gives you hope here. You know, when Aaron Rodgers on Wednesday talked about running the table, at that point it's like, well, okay, you have to say these things, but come on. But you know what? Again, they, they, they host Houston next week. Houston leads the AFC South. They're, they're not a good team. The quarterback is terrible, but the defense is good. They are 6-5, and five and they lead the South. Week after that, Seattle 7-3-1 and one at home. So it's a pretty tough two games coming up. But, you know, Detroit's got a tough schedule coming up. I, I, I got a story on strength of the schedule and all that over at Packer Report. If you want to check that out. They got a fighting chance. I mean, they're, they're only two back. It's it, a little bit further down the road. The, the Lions have the Giants and Cowboys back to back, and most you know, the Giants are eight and three. Dallas is ten and one. All you need to do if you're Green Bay is you need to chop one game out of that lead, and they get you within one game for Week 17 at Detroit, and the Packers would have a chance to win the NFC North, assuming Minnesota doesn't get its butt in gear. And, and the Vikings have lost five out of six, but they play. They have a bad schedule. I mean, they play Dallas on Thursday. But after that, they, they really should win all four. But, I mean, who knows the way they've been playing. But they got a chance. That's all you can ask for, right? As, as bad as they've been, and as bad as they've played, and as for beating the hell as they've been, they got a chance. It, it's, I can't believe we're talking playoffs for Jim Moore at 5-6. and six, But, hey, who the hell knows? They, they, they played a good game. Against a good team last night. So we'll, we'll see if this gets them anywhere. But for at least another week, we've got some hope, don't you? Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. And finally, one final note, I will have a much more thorough podcast later today after I get some sleep. And I expect that my Packer Report colleague Keith Rodink will join me for that like he always does. But one other note here. Everybody, well maybe not everybody, maybe Mike McCarthy's wife and Mike McCarthy's kids, they might be the only people who don't want him fired. I say that with a slight exaggeration, but... I mean, you, I, you know, you're probably in that boat, and if you're not, you probably got a lot of friends who are in that boat that you've seen enough of Mike McCarthy. I'm going to tell you something. Not a single person is going to complain about Mike McCarthy and his, his uh, basic scheme, his vanilla scheme, his predictable play calling. He's a bad play caller. He has a bad offense. No one's going to say any of that stuff after tonight, right? Because the Packers offense was, was darn good. And, it, you know... It always comes down to execution in my book. Reminds me of the old John McKay. Was it John McKay, the former Buccaneers coach? Yeah. Buccaneers were in the midst of their gigantic, long losing streak to open their, the history of their franchise. And at some point, one of the reporters asked McKay about his team's execution. And McKay's answer famously is, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> Maybe the greatest line ever, but the Packers' execution was great. But give McCarthy some credit here. 
And you know what? John Gruden, before the, before the game, he's talking about Mike McCarthy's a great coach, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, and they got their backs against the wall, and you're going to see them at their best. And, you know, John Gruden would praise me, as a, not only as a writer, he'd praise me as a tight end. He'd, he'd watch my film from UW-Whitewater back in the day and say, hey, that Bill Huber, he's a pretty good at... No, you know, he breaks up everybody, and, that, and it seemed like, yeah, 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 whatever, you break up everybody, John, but... Look at the crap that McCarthy rolled out there. At one point, I mean, the second, the second drive, here we go, the second drive of the game, they line up with Starks and Montgomery in the backfield for three plays. And then on the fifth play from scrimmage, it's Starks, Montgomery, and Cobb in the backfield. Then a couple of plays later, it's Cobb, Richard Rodgers, and Starks in the backfield. And so it went. You know, one, another point, uh, another drive later, Cobb, Montgomery, Jared Cook in the backfield. They ran... They ran empty backfields. They ran three back sets. I mean, he had both tight ends on the field. McCarthy rolled out every position, uh, every uh, position group um, that you can imagine, and it seemed to keep the Eagles off their toes. And again, and give again the credit here goes to the execution of this. And during the first quarter alone, Aaron Rodgers um, nine out of eleven for eighty-nine yards. By my count. 66 yards after the catch. It was a lot of quick hitting stuff against a really good pass rush. And give Rodgers credit for taking what's there. And we've, we've gone through this a lot, and especially early in the season, where Rodgers would too often ignore the two-yard pass in lieu of trying to find something more down the field. Well, you know what? He took what was there last night. I mean, the you know, I'm gonna look, I'll go to the open, opening series, you know, um, the first completion, 10 yards to Jordy Nelson, um, does a seven-yard pass. So that was a, you know, not a short pass. but And then the fourth play, a quick pass to Randall Cobb that went, they gained 12, but was thrown behind a line of scrimmage. So Cobb gets 14 after the catch. So it was a behind a line of scrimmage pass. The next play, another behind a line of scrimmage pass to Cobb for a gain of six. And then uh, a couple plays later, you know, for the touchdown, it's it's a six-yard pass to Devontae Adams, which he turns into a 12-yard touchdown. Next possession, a nine-yard pass to Ty Montgomery that was thrown one yard behind the line of scrimmage. Um, a completion to Jordy Nelson that gains 13. The ball went seven. Um, a nine-yard pass to Jordy Nelson. The ball went one yard. Um, last play of the quarter, a two-yard out to to uh, Randall Cobb, which is, turns into a gain of eleven. I mean, that was the that was the offense. It wasn't a whole lot whole lot of down the field passing. It was a lot of short, quick hitting stuff. And I, this is where these guys are at their best, you know. He yeah, Rodgers did complete five downfield or a few downfield passes, including the twenty-yard touchdown to Adams at the end of that second drive, which I've been going through. But you know what? Jordy Nelson's not Jordy Nelson. He's not going to beat anybody deep. Adams has beaten some guys, but that's not his game. You know, maybe Jared Cook's probably your, your best deep guy at this time. You know, Randall Cobb has never been a deep guy. You're at your best throwing the short stuff, and then you can make some plays down the field, which we saw with Adams last night. So it was a a good game plan, a supremely executed game plan, and Remember this, the next time everyone starts complaining about Mike McCarthy being a vanilla playing caller and, and, uh, and predictable and this and that, 
when they're, when they're executing, this offense looks damn good, doesn't it? And that will do it for this abbreviated episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check back later today for a, uh, a deeper breakdown of the Packers' victory over the Eagles. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I look forward to talking to you after I take a nap. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.